Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Uh, Kenny Luck. And Kenny is the author of uh, three books, including Nepotized uh, and the director of documentaries Half Empty, Life in America's Unhappiest City. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, and the most recent, the one we're going to talk about today, Opioid Nation, The Making of an Epidemic. Uh, a few things about him. He is a third-year PhD student in human development at Marywood University and a resident of Wilkes-Barre. Uh, the film was released a few weeks ago and has more than 34,000 views on YouTube. Um, and you know what? We'll just let Kenny. Uh, Kenny, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Kyle. Thanks. Oh. Oh, no problem. We'll just, uh, you know, for people who have uh, no idea about the opioid crisis that's going on, um, you know, let's just pretend that they dropped here from Alaska. Uh, what could you tell us about it? Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. It's a great honor, and I really appreciate it. Um, it's important to point out that every day in the United States, 150 people die of opioid overdoses. To bring it home a little bit, in Pennsylvania, the number is about 13 people per day die of an overdose. So that represents about 11.5% uh, of the total. So we're in the midst of a huge crisis right now that involves uh, public health, public policy, law enforcement, and even health care and education. And I see here, uh, I have uh, just a missive from the Attorney General. He says, in Pennsylvania, we had uh, 4,642 fatal drug overdoses in 2016 alone. Yeah, it's, it's been crazy. And, uh, you know, we started doing this film uh, earlier this year, and uh, we wrapped up filming in July and August. It's out now on YouTube, um, and it's been doing very well. People could uh, watch it for free on YouTube. Uh, but... You know, we tried to go around and take a, a, a national problem and sort of put a local face on it. And it was, I'm sad to say, in a way, very easy to do because the problem is so prominent here. Um, and what we found was that, you know, family members are affected by this. It's something that uh, in Harrisburg, the state legislatures are trying to cope and deal with it. There's various bills throughout the legislative process right now. So it's all over the place and it's hitting the media as well. And what did you um, what did you learn? Uh, just you know, I know we all have our, our we know about the opioid crisis. We know that our area is huge for like heroin. Um, you know that, that's that's fine. But did you learn anything during this that made you say like like Wow, I had no idea it was like that here. Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, I learned a lot, but the thing that really stands out the most is you know we all kind of have these preconceptions of what we think uh, an addict is like, right? So you think of you know, somebody who does heroin before I got involved with this research and doing this film, there's certain stereotypes and there's certain perceptions that you think about. And I realized that because of the scope, the wide scope of this problem, uh, it's not the guy or girl in the alleyway necessarily with the needle sticking it out out of their arm, but it's a family member or a friend or a neighbor or a former classmate from school. Um, and I, and I were also learned that you know, on the other side of this, too, it's not just the illicit drug market, but it's also uh, overprescribed opiate painkillers, which are also a big problem as well. So the problem kind of has 
two faces of it. On one side, it's sort of the overprescribing aspect and then the illicit drug market on the other side, like heroin. If you can get into that part of it, just the uh, the prescribed drug part of it, um, what what specific, do you have any specific medications that people are taking that's kind of like, a, we'll call it like a bridge, like a gateway to um, to worse things? Sure. Well, the big one is really uh, everyone, I think, at some point has heard of Oxycontin uh, and, and also fentanyl. Those are the two big ones. But a lot of times, you know, what will happen is this really started going back in the 1980s and 1990s. And at that time, a lot of doctors so, sort of tried to get um, patients onto what's called the pain scale. So at that time, they tried to start treating pain as a vital sign, like heart rate or something that could be very easily quantitatively measured. But it turns out that pain is a lot more subjective than that. So there was a lot of trends that came together in the late 90s uh, through the 80s and 90s and to, to help create this epidemic now. But one of the threads of that trend was the overprescribing of these painkillers and doctors putting patients on the pain scale when maybe they didn't need to be on it at all. And the pain scale, I, I'm kind of familiar with. It's uh, they just ask you. They say, you know, in a range from you know, sometimes zero to ten or one to nine, or it's, it's just a range they give you. It's it's really arbitrary. I thought too. Um, they'll say like, what what is your pain? And for myself, uh, going to a doctor like that, like I always think that um, I, I could be having the most pain in the world, but to me, it's like a two. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to bother anybody with it. It's it's that way. But other people on this scale, I'm guessing they they might say maybe a ten when they didn't need to. Is that right? And then you get these pills prescribed. And then you're just kind of, you go from there. You're, you're exactly right. And that's the way it works. And I mean, in some ways, there's no other objective way to measure pain. I mean, you kind of have to use a scale like that. But I also know from social science research, those kind of measurements are sort of weak compared to other types of measurements. And that's exactly how they do it. It's usually a, I'm not quite sure if it's a zero through 10, but it might be a one through 10. And the other problem that was described to me in making this film regarding that specifically is you know in english we read uh left to right and a lot of people don't think about this but if you start out on the left saying one i have no pain and ten i have the most incredible pain in the world a lot of people zip right past one two or three and might say well you know i'm a four or five and and that's another aspect of this right do you ask yourself you know what would a one or a two be like tylenol or, or something i don't even know um <laughs> right so, you know, so during this process uh did you um and I, I apologize i didn't even i didn't get to see this yet and i really want to um did, did you talk to anyone that that really shocked you that they were um that were in this situation you know what i mean because i i've read that um it, i think you mentioned this too that it'd be like um you know, sometimes it's grandparents. They go to the doctor, they get prescribed these medicines, and it's it's the older people that don't realize that they're getting hooked on them, and uh, and then they become the addict. Right, and you know, it's funny you say that because there's a great book that I recommend uh, by uh, it's called it's called Dreamland, and the author is Sam Quinones. Uh, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. And he spends a lot of time in the book investigating that part of it that, you know, you don't want to zero in on any specific demographic group because this tends to be hitting a lot of different people. And I think the median age is somewhere in the 20s or 30s, but you're exactly right with the elderly as well. Um, in the book, he described uh, a lot of people, seniors, in fact, that, you know, have a, a medicine cabinet full of, of, of these pills and realize, hey, I can make some money. So as, as ridiculous as it sounds, uh, a lot of it gets sold that way as well. 
Um, but one of the things that I found, uh, you know, not necessarily shocking, but informative was, you know, we tried to have a lot of different perspectives of this. So we, we interviewed like the Hazleton police chief and Stephanie Salavantis, who's the Luzerne County District Attorney. We also talked to former addicts. We talked to the mothers of addicts who, in one or two cases, their sons had overdosed and lost their life to this. So I tried to kind of, from a filmmaking perspective, have like a, a large uh, sweep of, of opinions about this because it is an important issue, but it's also very controversial, and I wanted to kind of be more informative than divisive with it. And I think that's probably the best way to go. Um, I don't know if it affected how the, uh, the film went or anything, but uh, the news now about Tom Marino, um, Interesting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny how, uh, you know, Northeast Pennsylvania, we, we make the national media sometimes. But if uh, for listeners who may not know or didn't hear earlier this week, he's the uh, Republican representative from Lycoming Township. It's been in the news all week, but he was uh, slated to become President Trump's uh, drug czar, who would sort of oversee this this crisis, um, and even the administration in Washington, you know, have admitted it's a crisis, and they're trying to work on it as well. But he was slated to be the uh, drug czar, and it kind of leaked out that he had some ties to the pharmaceutical industry, and there was a big outlash, so he sort of dropped his nomination for that. But just from a news perspective and a media perspective, in a way, the timing is kind of interesting how this film is coming out now and people can see it and these headlines are almost on a daily or weekly basis. Right, it's like a, it's like a perfect storm. Um, and then another thing I wanted to ask you about uh, just really, really quick before we have to go here. Do you think sure. that... Um, I don't even know. It, it's like it, it seems like it's a problem where we have so many factors of of where it comes from because it's like the government now with Tom Marino. Uh, that's you know that's not helping anything, and we have doctors prescribing that's not helping anything, and then you have the patient who's just in the middle, just you know taking it, and uh, and now they need more and more and more, and they you know they have that situation too. So is there any? Um, I don't even know. I wanted to ask you if there, is there any hope for us here with this because uh, this area is just ravaged. Yeah, it, it, it's really a tough, a tough question. And I think that honestly, it, 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 I think that there's hope. But I think if you think of this like a typical bear, bell curve, we're, we're still going up the left side of the curve. We haven't hit the top yet. So I think, unfortunately, the fact that the deaths are still increasing, just to give you a quick point. In fact, you know, when we were making this over the summer and into last fall, the uh, the death rate, I said, was is now 13 Pennsylvanians per day. But at that time, it was 10. So just the fact the numbers are increasing shows that there's not enough being done. And my last point is that, you know, there's plenty of definite blame to go around all the way from the pharmaceutical industry down to the illicit market, because there's a very unfortunately robust illicit drug market in the United States as well. So there's a lot of uh, ways to tackle this problem, but I think uh, good policy is one way to tackle it, as well as people making better choices and being educated about the issue. That's great. Okay, well, we'll leave it there. And uh, let's see, you can catch the film. It'll be at the, uh, the Northeast Film Festival this Sunday, October 22nd at the Kirby Center uh, for Creative Arts at Wyoming Seminary in Kingston. Uh, what time is that? Uh, that starts at 3 o'clock. And also to remind listeners, if they can't make that, uh, they can also watch it on YouTube. If they just Google uh, in YouTube, Opioid Nation, The Making of an Epidemic, or Opioid Nation in My Name, Kenny Luck, the film will come up. Okay, great. All right. Uh, well, we have author and filmmaker uh, Kenny Luck. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by today and talking about this with us. Kyle, thank you so much, and thank you for your listeners, and have a great day. You too. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.